Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... That relationship building to me is actually how you would start to tackle that better collaboration to actually create change. A lot of those organisations are going to be place-based as well. So that place-based approach to things is what I've found really in Western Sydney and in Parramatta specifically to be a really useful lens for people to look through for how you actually are going to make meaningful change. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 456 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Lucy Brotherton. Lucy Brotherton serves as the Community Capacity Building Officer for the City of Parramatta, where she plays a pivotal role in driving social investment initiatives across the Parramatta local government area. Through innovative strategies, she fosters sustainable social transformation, catering to the diverse communities of Western Sydney. Lucy's role transcends traditional boundaries as she operates as a nexus within the social enterprise ecosystem. Leveraging her extensive connections in government and the social investment community, she excels at fostering relationships, bridging organizational gaps and bolstering strength through strategic partnerships and collaboration. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing fueling innovative partnerships between local government, business, and impact organizations, and how this contributes to addressing complex systemic social issues. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. No worries. Thanks. Nice to be here. Excellent. So to start off, Lucy, could you just share a bit about your background and then what led to your work in sustainable business and local government? So I've worked my entire 30-year career in government, so very much a public servant approach to things. Um, My background in study is a human geographer, so how people and places influence each other, how systems create certain conditions. And I then went into state government. So I worked on the Olympics in the government arm, which is the Olympic Coordination Authority, really looking at some of the social impacts of the Olympics, which were actually quite great when you've got an enormous event There were negative impacts, obviously, but some really great positive impacts to nurture and promote, like volunteering, which was a good example. We even had a ticker tape provide for the volunteers uh, at Mm. the end of the Olympic Games. I then moved on to the Office of Liquor Gaming and Racing, and I was there developing and implementing responsible gambling policy. So a, a, a tricky policy area. Did a lot of work with other states and territories, looking at how government could influence the gambling environment to reduce risks and social harm. Then looked at alcohol-related violence policy. And that, again, another tricky area, 
But where I found it really interesting was understanding that many of the problems that we were trying to deal with actually stem from other parts of people's lives. So it might have to do with upbringing. It might have to do with intergenerational unemployment. It might have something to do with resources, education. But of course, that's different parts of government need to solve those issues And it's at different points in people's lives. Again, you're looking at a broader systems kind of issue around, well, actually, it comes out in alcohol-related violence, but it actually is speaking to a much bigger societal issue. I did some community work working with parents and citizens associations, so PNCs. I was in one and uh, I created a network of local ones within Parramatta, local groups. Interestingly, a lot of PNCs generate quite a lot of money for schools and sometimes up to sort of $100,000 a year if you've got a uniform shop and those sorts of things. But they're often run like bag sales. People just think it's a little volunteer on Matt Cakes. Actually, they're running like a small business. So the point mm-hmm. of that group was to learn how we could actually manage that stuff better, action plans, those sorts of things. Um, and that was actually where I met people from the city of Parramatta who helped me create that group, taught me about capacity building. And so then when there was a role with that team, a uh, contract to run an innovative program called Paramatch, which was a crowdfunding program, which Mm. worked with the wonderful Tom Dawkins on, and loved that. That was my first introduction to the formal kind of space of social impact and social innovation, and I loved it. And so when a full-time role came up within the council, I grabbed it with both hands. So that was really great. So that was that's really my background in what I do. Yeah, there's just such a depth of experience there across all of these different roles. And as you touched on at the end there, that's led into your current role with the Parramatta City Council as the Community Capacity Building Officer. So could you maybe share a bit more about this role, what activities this entails and the key social outcomes you're working towards? Uh, Yeah, sure. It's a wonderful and unique role. Basically, I'm looking at exploring how to bring social investment to the Parramatta local government area. I very broadly define social investment as innovative ways of creating positive social change. So it really is experimental, certainly when I first got there, developed some action plans about what can we try in Parramatta that's slightly left of centre of traditional community development work. So things like let's encourage social enterprise. Can we work on shared value partnerships? What are the things that we can try that are actually going to create positive social change in different ways? There wasn't really a template for that in Australia necessarily. I don't know any other local governments who have my specific role. So it was very much uh, let's look around the world, let's look around Australia and see what we could play with. Very deliberately in action plan rather than a strategy because it really was about testing, trial and error, accepting that if something didn't work, that was actually a learning, so that was okay. Really interesting work. I guess my role really is as a facilitator and a linker and a relationship builder. I'm not the doing. I'm facilitating other people to do this social innovation work, and that's really important. That's an important part of sort of government and the particular community capacity building team that I'm in. We work to build other people's skills to do the great stuff that they want to do. I run programs to support social enterprises. I run skill building programs for people. So maybe learning about impact measurement, about looking at how you can build your business, digital storytellers, how you can tell your story, those sorts of things. I run a social enterprise grants program, which is designed to bring more social enterprises into Parramatta. 
Um, I do awareness raising for social enterprises, so run markets where they can have a stall. I have created a good gift guide which lists all of the places you can buy your presents so that you're actually spending your money somewhere where it's meaningful. And I run programs like Pitch for Good Parramatta, which, again, we'd work with Start Some Good to run a crowdfunding program. But this involves a live event where people come along and hear the pitches and then they vote for their favourite one and start them off on their crowdfunding journey. I also do things with not-for-profits and government and business. So we've worked on some shared value programs where we're trying to introduce the concept to all of the players to see if they can come up with those relationships between not-for-profits and business that isn't so one-sided. It's not all the power with the business and the not-for-profits saying, oh, thank you very much for the $5,000. It's actually about how do you actually have a genuine partnership where both people benefit from it. And I also love to try new ideas. If someone throws something interesting out there, I'm often the first one to go, yeah, let's try that. For instance, the bus tour to the Social Enterprise World Forum that starts some good ran. So I helped seed fund that so we could actually get it off the ground. So that was people... In Sydney, social entrepreneurs, other people within the ecosystem all travelled up to the Social Enterprise World Forum in Brisbane in 2022, building relationships with each other on the bus on the way up there. So that was super. That was just one of those random ideas. It's like, yeah, let's try that. So I'm very lucky that I get to do those sorts of things as well. Wow. Absolutely. Just some amazing activities there that you've gotten to work through with this role. And then, as you said, just looking to innovate constantly and work on different ideas and projects. It must be just so rewarding there. But something I just want to ask and you maybe to provide a bit more insight into as well as you mentioned this collaboration piece, right, between different entities in the city of Parramatta. So that's kind of like you're not profits, your small local businesses, and then your government. So if you could just talk a bit about how might local government, social impact businesses and not-for-profits better collaborate to tackle these systemic issues, these social, cultural, environmental problems that we're facing today? I think the very first step would be getting to know each other. I think that Mm. a lot of the work we can do, we do better together, but I think think a lot of people don't appreciate the role that local government can play in building the ecosystem, the social innovation activity. We're on the ground. We actually are not just rates, roads and rubbish. We do community things. We do cultural things. We do environmental things. We do a whole lot of things. So I think that's vital to realising the potential of the relationships. But similarly, local government doesn't always know about innovative businesses. So again, People like myself, I spend a lot of time talking to people internally, like the IT department. We're doing a refresh of laptops. I'm like, why don't we give it to a social enterprise who then will give those to people who need them? So actually building on those relationships by giving clear examples, showing people what they can do. There's certainly not-for-profits could learn about innovative mindsets and particularly for board members, I think to drive that policy, to drive that change. Uh, Not-for-profits are often really stretched with their workers, but I think if you can actually find at board level some of those relationships being built and some of that knowledge being increased, 
reducing the kind of perceived risk of some of those things because if you don't know it, it's really hard to move forward. Um, so actually engaging with a lot more people within either local government or the not-for-profit sector and the social innovation sector. So that relationship building to me is actually how you would start to tackle that better collaboration to actually create change. A lot of those organisations are going to be place-based as well. So that place-based approach to things is what I've found really in Western Sydney and in Parramatta specifically to be a really useful lens for people to look through for how you actually are going to make meaningful change. Mm, Absolutely crucial advice there for anyone who's looking to build that kind of collaborative sector and that space as well for social impact to occur and looking to leverage those opportunities that are presented by local government, I think can be something that a lot of businesses learn from in this space, right? And I just think now I want to ask you about looking at a broader perspective. Are there any effective policies and frameworks that you think could be implemented to right now contribute towards stronger outcomes for communities in your region. Is there any advice that you have for other civil servants who are working to create change? In terms of policies and frameworks, I think sustainable procurement is definitely going to be one of the answers mm. that's going to create a big impact. I think you can then be looking at that through government, through corporates and other small businesses. Uh, it yep. really is one of those policies that can be really powerful. It's not to say it's the only one, but I think through sustainable procurement, you get the financial impact, obviously, but you can also then develop relationships. So businesses might connect with a social impact business and help them grow because that's in their interest to have someone who can deliver even more of what they need. I think that it helps governments understand the power of of their spending and how that can actually be a real influence directly in their local government area to their communities. I think that it is important to recognise that sustainable procurement has to come from the top. You need your decision makers, councillors, executive team to really push a sustainable procurement process because procurement's all about risk and the public servants obviously have a direction around financial uh, sustainability and those sorts of risks. And people don't know about sustainable procurement enough. So it actually is about talking to the higher level and getting those policies and frameworks built from the top down to the people who are actually then doing the doing. People get really excited about this stuff, but unless you've got a mandate to do it, it can be really hard to make it work. So needing a policy, needing a framework is really important to make that stuff work. Things like I work with a social investment action plan. So again, this is actually an operational document, but extends now because I've done some of the groundwork we now have in some of our key strategy documents, some of the work that I do. So having an actual document that illustrates what you're doing in this space is another way for particularly government workers to explain what they're doing, to really articulate it. It doesn't need to be a complicated document. It doesn't need to be signed off by councillors necessarily. But if it's a document that people can see, it drives more engagement with it, I think. Things like engagement with SECNA, the Social Enterprise Council Mm -hmm. of New South Wales and ACT, they actually bring together local government representatives, so people like me, who are doing similar work to me to learn and to grow. And so that's another way to further develop your policies or your frameworks is to actually look at what other people are doing, because every local government is actually different. But 
a lot of local governments like to do what other local governments are doing. So if you've already tried and tested it, people might be much more willing to engage with it. Wow, there is just some fabulous recommendations there. And as you said, it's great to see that piece of if one thing is implemented and succeeds in one region and one local government area, then hopefully we can see that adopted in other places and building that social impact network, hopefully across Australia would be absolutely beautiful to hear about. And just kind of one last question here before we start getting into some books and resources. I just want to hear about throughout your career, you've worked on some really complex social issues and you talked a bit before about problem gambling behavior. So what advice would you give to an aspiring change maker who is seeking to tackle or address a complex social issue such as gambling? I think it's really important to work within the ecosystem. There are lots of others seeking to do meaningful, Mm -hmm. impactful work. So ask questions, pull the talent and resources, work together. Finding those connections is really important to actually being able to move them and move the movement, make it happen because individuals themselves can't necessarily do a lot. Uh, But once you actually gather enough people who have put various bits of the puzzle together, the change uh, can be greater. So local government and any particular government essential to that. It naturally has to be. So I would definitely advise people to get to know your local politicians, councillors. They really are there Mm. to do the best for their community. That is actually what they're there for. So if you can demonstrate, actually, look, I'm really looking at trying to deal with gambling issues in the Indigenous community in Mount Druitt. That's great. They're all up for that. So they then will be engaged themselves in how to link you with other people they know, similar with state government representatives, federal government representatives, that's part of their job. And they can be very influential in terms of funding, in terms of connections, in terms of getting you in front of other important people. Those connections, I think, are absolutely vital to doing any of the work that we do. We cannot do it all our own. So learning from others is definitely the the key piece of advice that I would give. Mm, Great advice there. Fantastic for anyone in the sector and comes from just an absolute wealth of experience that you've had as well in local government and all of these previous roles. So hopefully some of our listeners will be able to adopt that into their own ideas and be able to create that change there. So thank you so much for sharing, Lucy. And we're actually moving now towards the end of our interview. I've just got two quick questions here. And the first is, what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently creating a positive social change? My favourite most recently is an organisation that's just moving into Parramatta called Confit, and they are an amazing bunch of ex-prisoners who have worked with young people in incarceration and working through fitness and the mindset of fitness to change their mindset, to drive change in that person, to then reduce recidivism, build their skills and their confidence. Wonderful group of men who are doing this work. And they're just about to open a gym in Parramatta. And so they're actually using that as their vehicle for the social enterprise of raising funds. Anyone can join the gym, but what they're doing is it's a pathway for these young people to become personal trainers and learning how to engage once they've left the prison system, which is fabulous. They've really thought about building a community for these young people, building skills, building career pathways. And it's just a group that has so much potential, these young people, but there could have been all sorts of reasons why they ended up in juvenile justice 
and that system. But this is a really engaging way for them to actually uh, move out from that and start again, start with a new mindset. So I, I absolutely love the work that they're doing and their gym is pretty impressive. So come down to Parramatta and, uh, and join the gym. Mm. And look, Lucy, we've been fortunate enough as well at Impact Boom to have had an interview with the founder of Confit, Joe Kwan, as well. And absolutely fantastic work. You're completely right there. So we would definitely encourage the listeners in our audience to check out the work they're doing as well. And as you said, maybe get into Parramatta as well, <laughs> get some reps absolutely. in at the gym there. That would be absolutely <laughs> That's right. And they can come and say well. hi to me as well. Yeah, exactly. Do the rounds. Social enterprise sector in Parramatta. We would love to see people doing that to us. So yeah, absolutely wonderful. And to finish off now, Lucy, are there any books or resources you would recommend to our listeners? I am not a big, I haven't got any book recommendations, but I have recently come across a resource from a contact friend of mine in Berlin. And she's done some amazing work. She worked for the Senate Department for Economy, Energy and Operations and has worked on creating a document that is a catalogue of criteria for social enterprises. So it's like expanding on the idea of a definition of social enterprise because obviously we all know that's actually a really complicated thing and we've not Mm. quite nailed that one. So this is actually looking at from the perspective of uh, people who are wanting to fund social enterprise or engage with social enterprise. They've actually developed this spectrum of how an enterprise, whether it's an innovative business, a social enterprise, not-for-profit with some social angles and how they fit on a spectrum. And then you can work out, if you're doing a program, what are your must-haves, what are your desirables, and then people can put themselves on this spectrum. It's just fascinating. It's a really interesting way of looking at things. If you look up the Senate Department for Economy, Energy and Operations in Berlin, They've only got it in German on the website, but I know they are working on the English version. I happen to have the English version, so I will hopefully give it to India and put a link on the Impact Boom. But it's a really interesting resource, and I think it's food for thought for everybody who's working in this sector when you're thinking about how do you define social enterprise, how do we get a common language, how do you actually know who's who in the zoo. That's to me, was a really interesting discovery. It sounds like a wonderful resource there, and, and that resource as well as all of the initiatives projects, movements that you've referenced throughout our discussion today and our conversation. They'll be linked in at the end of the articles. So people who are listening, jump onto the website, check out the Impact Boom article for Lucy. You'll be able to scroll on down to the bottom and you'll be able to click and look at all of these wonderful pieces of impact and social impact that are going on in the world. So this actually brings us, Lucy, unfortunately, to the end of our interview today. I just want to say thank you so much for your generous time and all of the insights you provided. You've done so much wonderful work and there's so much more to see. I cannot wait to hear more about all of the impact you create in Parramatta. And as I said a bit earlier, I hope to see that extend to other local governments and other regions in Australia. You're really leading the way and I look forward to seeing more. So thank you and all the best. Thanks, India. I really do think that local government is an important element in the sector. And so I hope that this has actually helped people really understand that we're people there who are really wanting to help this social enterprise sector to grow. Uh, So we're a resource, so please use us. Definitely. So thank you, Lucy. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. 
please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.